You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. Anyways, Freedom Weekend. Come on. We do this every year, and we don't do it because it's like, well, what could we do in January? All right, well, we did Shredder, and we did Vision. Oh, freedom, that sequentially makes sense. Like, we do it because we believe there's a God who loves you and who died for you. And if you get nothing from me today, nothing else that I say, I want you to know that Jesus paid the ultimate price so you could have freedom. And if I say nothing else, and if everything is off base in what you believe about, just know that Jesus died for you. And he wants you to experience freedom, not just in eternity, not just in heaven, but here on earth. And I'm so thankful. I'm a walking testimony. God, I got saved in this building nine years ago, but God didn't just say, okay, well, we got Mike. Let's leave him where he's at. No, he, every day, every year, radically pursued me in the same way and said, he's broken here. He's hurt here. He has shame that he shouldn't be carrying. He has weight and pain that he shouldn't be carrying. I do not want my son to experience that. And that's what he has for you. And this is how I know that. He says, he leaves the 99 to go after the one. And I just opened this today with a framework that if you haven't met Jesus or you don't, or you're not experiencing freedom yet, his will today is that every person, not not 99.9.9% and the one person in the corner didn't get it. He wants everybody to be free. If you watch how Jesus ministered everywhere he went, he didn't just go, oh, altar call, okay, good. Altar call, okay, good. Altar call, okay, good. He wasn't just getting salvations. He was healing people. He was bringing freedom to everybody that he met. Physically, spiritually, even financially, that's how Jesus moved. And so that's what we're going to believe for today. Does that sound good? I love when preachers ask, like you have a choice. Like I have the microphone, what am I going to, if you said no, I'd change my message. It's like a polite question, but it really. Okay, so we're not starting with Braveheart as much as I want to. Uh, the title of my message, uh, Pastor Charles would love this, is Freedom Fighters. And that's what I believe we are. And that's what I believe what we're called to do. And if you don't know that, how do I say this? <laughs> I'm going to say it the simplest way possible. You're meant to get free and set other people free. That's, that's two of the biggest reasons Jesus came here, was that we would get free and that we would set the captives free. It's one of the many things he called us to do was to bring freedom to other people. But what I know is that we cannot have what we won't fight for and we cannot give what we don't have. We can't have what we won't fight for. So if we won't fight for our freedom, we won't have it. And we can't give what we don't have. So if we don't have freedom, how can we set other people free? But before we go there, I, wanted, I was like, how do you define freedom? which is a weird question because I always thought I knew what it meant, but I did like any millennial and I just went to Google. So this is what Google says. They're actually good. He says, freedom is the absence of foreign domination. For my simple mind, I would just call that independence. So freedom is independence. He's, I don't know why I'm saying Google's a he. Does Google have a gender? I probably shouldn't even ask that question. We'll just skip right over that thought. It says, Google told me 
that freedom is not being imprisoned or enslaved. So I would call that liberty. And the last definition was, and this may sound political, and it can be, but it's also spiritual. The power to act, think, or speak without hindrance or restraint. So that is something we fight for in our country, but I know in my own life, it's something I fought for spiritually. To think without hindrance. To act without hindrance. So freedom, I just, so we know where we're trying to land the plane. We want to have independence, we want to have liberty, and we want to have the right to act, think, and speak without hindrance. Does that sound good? All right, so notes. These are scriptures you've probably heard, but what I'm believing for today is that they mean something different to you. Because, like, what does the Bible say about freedom? Is Is freedom even important in the Bible? Is that one of the things he cares for? I think we covered that a little bit, but I just want to land on a few scriptures. Second Corinthians, you've probably heard this, says, now where the spirit of the Lord is, there is, come on, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. That means everywhere his presence goes, there should be freedom. That means everywhere you bring the presence of God, there's freedom. That doesn't always mean that when you get there, there is, but it means when you bring it there, there can be. Another scripture. This is John 8. It says, then you will know the truth and the truth will? Come on, we read our Bibles. What's he saying? He's saying there's a lot of other stories out there that won't set you free. There's a lot of other thoughts about yourself, stories about your future, stories about your past that are not the truth and do not bring freedom. I'm a, I'm a walking testimony of that. The lies that I believed about what was gonna bring me freedom about what I was meant to do. I'm, I'm sure you've heard this one. He who the sun sets free is? Free. Come on, I love that one. Not partially free. Not like kind of, I get by from week to week. It's been a few months since the last time I did that. In my own strength, I can struggle to get through free. Like real freedom, free indeed. Free from every hindrance, independence, liberty, rights. That's the freedom he meant to bring. And this one's almost funny, it's so simple. Galatians 5. It is for freedom that Christ set you free. It's like he had to say it twice so we'd get it. It's for freedom that he set us free. So it is important to Jesus that we would not be burdened by the yoke of slavery. We can, man, can we over-spiritualize that word? Burden the yoke of slavery, if that's not Christianese, But it's powerful if you make it powerful because I felt enslaved. I felt burdened under a yoke, but I didn't know it was slavery until I came to church and God revealed it to me. And so what I want to talk to you about is freedom from what? Because I think that's that's a question we sometimes skip at church. Like, what are we getting free from? How can we be free if we don't even know what is entangling us? There's a Nobel Peace Prize winner, and I'd murder her name if I tried to say it. But she says, the only real prison is fear. So then the only real freedom is freedom from fear. So I was asking myself as I was preparing for this, like the last couple of weeks, where did I find the most freedom in my life? And it was from fear. The, the hardest thing, the thing that I could hide from everybody but still be struggling with. 
the thing that I could get on stage and pray about, but internally at home was struggling with the most, with Christ and without Christ was fear. Fear of so many things. And if I could just get real for a minute. So I, I was 17. My mom got diagnosed with a terminal disease. It's this disgusting thing called ALS, and it paralyzes you from the inside, but it keeps your mind totally healthy. And my beautiful mom went from this incredible skier, this beautiful blonde-haired, blue-eyed woman to wheelchair in six months and died a few years after that. And it was devastating to watch my mom be paralyzed like that. And it was devastating to watch my dad's heartbreak um, as his bride died in front of him. And then two years after that, my best friend just died playing basketball. 24 years old, just had a heart attack. And then in that time, the girl who I loved cheated on me and left me for another man. And all I heard through these stories was, you'll always be abandoned. No one really loves you. You're not lovable. You're not good enough. Every person will leave you. And so then what I did, and I didn't know Christ at that time, and I didn't have, I had friends, but they didn't know how to help me through that. I mean, I had wounds that were deeper than they could meet me at. And so what I did is like, I'll just surround myself. I'll surround myself with women in a bar. I'll surround myself with places where I know I can get affirmation. Like if Pastor Matt compliments me, okay, great. Okay, I'm lovable. If, if I succeed at workplace and I'm the top salesman, okay, you're, you're lovable, you're good enough. If I can win at this thing, if I can, so I just surround myself with anything that would make me feel lovable, good enough. But what I did is I surrounded myself in like a well-dressed prison. I had given control of things that felt good, but then imprisoned me. I was totally imprisoned to the things I had surrounded myself with. I cared so much about what people thought because I was so afraid that they would leave me that I was actually enslaved to that. It was one of the scariest things because out of an instinct to protect myself, I had imprisoned myself and I'd given over all control to this thing that felt scary, but I felt like I was in control, but I was completely out of control. So what I want to ask you is, what does fear look like to you right now? Because it might not look like a giant standing in front of you taunting. It might look like something you think is comforting you. What, to go back to our definition, what's limiting you? What's limiting how you think? What's limiting how you act? What's limiting how you believe? What's, what's controlling you that you feel like you might have control over? And the reality is, is there's no shame in that. The Bible says very clearly there is no condemnation in Christ. So I'm not bringing these things up so you feel bad about yourself. I'm bringing this up so you can bring yourself to the altar and, and encounter Jesus and say, I'm not carrying this anymore. Look where my chains are now is, is the mantra we're going to have by the end of this. So how do we get from fear to freedom? There's another thing, oftentimes we talk about topics, but we don't really give practical things to get out of it. So here's, here's what doesn't work. God, please change my circumstance. See, when I was in that heartbreak, I couldn't say, give me a new girlfriend. Give me a new job. 
God, just change the circumstance. If I could just have more money, then things would go away. That wasn't dealing with the fear. I couldn't say, move me. In New York, this won't happen, God. If you just move me to New York, I won't have this fear. Take me out of this. And I couldn't even pray for him to just remove it. Like, take this thing out of my life. That wasn't me in freedom. See, freedom is when fear does not control you anymore. Real freedom is when it does not control you. It does not intimidate you. It does not limit your ability to think, speak, act, your liberty, your independence. That is real freedom. So what did I have to do? I had to face it. And that sounds so simple, and I'm not trying to be simple-minded, but I could not get free without facing it and fighting it. I'm going to give you an example. You've probably heard of this story. Anyone heard of David and Goliath? But there's something in this story I think is really important. It's a story of courage, but you can't have courage without fear. David faced something that no one else was willing to face. And I know David had to have been scared. Goliath represented everything David wasn't. Weaponized, accomplished, giant. (laughs) But for 40 days, this giant walked around and did everything we defined freedom wasn't. He was a threat of opposition. He was a threat of enslavery. He was a threat of imprisonment. He was a threat of everything for David and for his generations to come. But look at what David says, and I I love this. And if the keys, if you're, whenever you're ready, it's just gonna sound cooler if you're here. It's like a little preacher tip. I just want keys to go with me everywhere. It's like, and now, Mike. Maybe some doves, I don't know. David refused to let the fear control him. Remember, our definition of freedom is fear is not controlling you. He says, to the giant, to the thing, you come against me with sword, with spear, with javelin. You've, You've shown me every reason I should be intimidated by you. For 40 days, you marched around bragging about why I should be scared of you. He says, but I come against you in the name of the Lord. And this day, this day, not tomorrow, not when COVID disappears, in the presence of his enemy, he said, this day, my Lord will hand you over to me. I will strike you down and cut off your head. David knew three things, and I want you to catch this because you've probably heard this story, but what I, what I want you to see is that God knew, excuse me, David knew that in God's power, anything was possible to defeat. The other camps, the other armies, they didn't realize that. And what I'm sick of is a bunch of Christians that are standing on the sidelines saying, that's really scary. Well, what our generation needs is more Davids that says, yeah, but with God, I'm gonna cut your head off. That's what our city needs. We don't need a bunch of armies standing around saying, for 40 days, we're gonna let you steal from us. No more, not on my watch, not in San Diego, not in California. With God's power, 
you can defeat anything. And look, that's as cliche or as powerful as you want it to be. I remember we went to counseling one time. Oh, we went to counseling a lot. Thank you, Jesus. Oh my goodness. Thank you, Robin. Thank you, Rachel. And I remember she said, don't tell your problem how big it is. Tell your problem how big your God is. And I was like, that is so lame. And now here I am saying the same thing. Because it works. It's the only way that David defeats Goliath. He doesn't do it in his strength. You won't do it in your strength and you won't do it alone. So David knew that with God's power, anything was possible to defeat. He also knew that freedom was worth fighting for. And man, is that important for us to pick up this this season. There is something in your life worth fighting for. I'm not just saying in our country, right? I mean, we're fighting for a lot in our country, but in your life, in your marriage, in your business, in your home, there's something worth fighting for that you don't have free indeed freedom in yet that you need to fight for. And the last thing, and I love this about David, I don't think this gets talked about enough, is he knew the fight for freedom was never just about him. It's never just about you. If I didn't get free, my kids wouldn't be free. If I didn't get free, the people that God has put in Rachel and I's life, they wouldn't get free. It was so important for David to bring freedom to his people that he he refused to be in fear. Fear did not control him. The bravery of a David or an Esther can change everything. And the Bible, if it does anything, it should bring hope and encouragement you to to not give up. That things can get better. That 2021 might have sucked, but, excuse me. Cancel that. 2020 might have sucked, but 2021 does not. And what I believe is that 2021 will be a year of freedom. In your life, in our city, in our nation, I'm not moving out of California. I'm not moving out of the United States. And I'm so thankful for a church that has pastors like Pastor Matt and Pastor Michaela, Pastor Jurgen and Leanne, because I wouldn't have the courage that I have without being in their jet stream. They are fearless, my God. But it helps me be fearless in everything, not give up on my marriage, not give up on my kids, not give up on the young adults, not give up on ministry. They are mighty warriors and it's helped equip me and armor me to be a warrior for his kingdom. As we close, I wanna, I wanna be real because the, the thing is, is we can come here and we can, it can almost feel like we're hyping you up. But what I wanna do is bring a solution to somebody who might be tired and hurting like I was. Because I was, I was at, I had no strength left. Everything in my life was torn upside down. I was a wreck. So it wasn't like all of my victory came once I got strong. There's a scripture that I want to read to you. And again, maybe you've heard it, but what I want to challenge you with is that you don't just read scripture. You let it become something you believe. See, he says, my grace is sufficient for you. Many times what I've been taught was that grace was God, like basically accepting me as a sinner. Like being like, okay, there's Mike. Man, he screwed that up. 
but I got grace and, you know, grace covers a multitude of sins and there's quite a bit. So we're just going to cover Mike. That's not all grace is. Grace is forgiveness. Grace is unmerited favor. Like I should not have what I have if it wasn't for Jesus. But what the scripture says is that grace is also power. Grace is incredible power. He says, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so the power may rest on me. He doesn't say, so your forgiveness can rest on me, so your mercy can rest on me. Power is the opposite of what the world teaches. He says, if you will bring the thing that is so painful, that is so hurting, that is so tired to me, that is where my power is made perfect. And that's what David did. David didn't bring his all his accolades, all his stuff. He said, no, I'm just bringing God and my weakness. And in that, his power will be made perfect. So I want to encourage you that today, if you feel tired, if you feel hurt, do not hide that from him. That's what I did even in church, even after being saved, I would come to church and I'd put on the skinny jeans and I'd comb my hair. It takes a long time to get the hair to look like this. I actually just wake up and it looks like this. No, I don't. But it's so easy as Christians to put on a facade and not actually get freedom. But then how can we bring freedom to anybody? There's something worth fighting for. There's a generation worth fighting for. There's a marriage worth fighting for. There's a city worth fighting for. And God bless America, there's a country worth fighting for. I'm gonna, I'm gonna end on this. You must decide to be free. Ronald Reagan said, freedom is never more than one generation from extinction. And yes, that's true for a country, but it's also true for you and your family. Your mom and dad may have been great Christians who fought for your freedom, but you still have to fight for it. But if the opposite is your story and you're a first generation Christian, well, guess what? You now fight for the next generation. That's what we have to do. That's why we do kids church. It's not just babysitting. It's teaching the next generation how to fight for freedom. So what will you do? What today will you stop letting control you? We're gonna have our ministry team come up in a little bit. We're gonna have a worship song and I want you to sit in that worship song. Don't leave. We're gonna pray with you. Whatever that thing is you need freedom from, we wanna pray with you that you leave those chains here, that you would change your life and generations to come by getting free today. Remember we said, you can't have what you don't fight for and you can't give what you don't have. So today, what I wanna encourage you to do is, I'm gonna pray for us. But if you have never met Jesus, and I'm gonna make this as simple as possible, I wanna pray for you. There's an incredible scripture that says, perfect love casts out fear. Jesus is that perfect love. And if you want that, if you wanna be done with the fear and done with the pain, the answer is Jesus. The answer is always Jesus. 
And so I'm gonna ask everyone if you could just close your eyes just for a minute. And look, I did this, and if I was being honest, when I, the guy asked me to raise my hand, I didn't, I didn't even really know what it meant. But it is the single greatest decision I've made in my life was to say, Jesus, I'm, I'm giving you access to me. If you want that perfect love, I'm just gonna ask you to raise your hand. Three, two, one. If you're, if you're in this place and you're saying, Jesus, I need your perfect love. Come on, keep your hands up. I need your perfect love. I'm sick of doing it on my own. I want you to come rescue me. Come on, we got hands everywhere. Thank you, Jesus. If you raise your hand, I want you to just pray with me in church. Can we stand to our feet? We're gonna pray with our family. Come on, we can give them a round of applause. If you raise your hand. I'm so proud of you. Free indeed means that you refuse to walk out of here the same way that you came in. So I'm gonna just lead us super quick. Say, Jesus, I thank you for what you did for me. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Let your perfect love cast out all fear. Today I declare I'm a child of God and I am free indeed. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to have our ministry team come up. They've got tags on. If they don't have a tag on, don't pray well. No, I'm just kidding. We're going to transition into a worship song. And again, this is not a time to leave. Service, I'll just say service is over when the song is over. But you can stay here as long as you want. What we want you to do is encounter God today. Leave something at the altar. Let Freedom Weekend 2021 be a, a mark of history where your life changed forever. I believe that that's going to happen. I believe we're going to look back as a country and say, January 2021 was when freedom began. It was when things shifted. Is when a city shifted. Is when a nation shifted. So God, I thank you for these people. Let's just raise your hands. God, across this room, freedom on hearts, freedom on minds, freedom even from sickness, from disease, from anything that's separating your sons and daughters from you. God, we declare a mighty move of God this morning. Holy Spirit, move through this place. Heal hearts, especially those that have hurt it, that, are, that feel broken, that feel abandoned, that have even felt like their life isn't worth living anymore. God, bring your radical love and comfort to them this morning. God, we declare that what happened today will shift generations forever. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.